Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, I am joined by the founder and CEO of the Draft Network, J.C. Cornell. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E chew.com. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am your host for this episode, David Harrison. James Yarko, unfortunately, could not be here. However, as you heard in the pre-roll introduction, I am joined by the founder and CEO of the Draft Network, good friend, J.C. Cornell. J.C., you've been a a busy, busy gentleman. How have you been? And and why don't you update our listeners on everything that you and the Draft Network have been doing? Man, I've been doing great. It's great to be back on the show. Um, Trying to survive this Florida summer. And it actually hasn't been too bad. I went on vacation for for a week, played in a couple of golf tournaments. But now I'm back and training camp's about to start. Couldn't be more excited that football's almost here. Yeah, most definitely. And so on the last or one of our last episodes, not our very last episode, but on a recent episode, we finished up our position group uh, previews with the quarterback position, kind of saving the best for last, you know, the most buzzworthy conversation for the last one. And James and I exchanged some thoughts about Jameis Winston. And it just so happened that shortly before we went to recording, you had sent out a tweet, which I believe now is pinned to your Twitter page, right? It is. Yeah, I pinned it. Uh, it was a very great. It was a very good tweet, and it just it was it was like all the stars aligned. It, it fell in line beautifully with what we were talking about. So I went ahead and read that on the air. And I know you've had a chance to listen to our quarterback episode, and you you uh, you thought I translated your tweet very well. But we did have one listener call in who had kind of a conflicting opinion and kind of asked us to clarify a little bit or maybe think of it from a different light. So if you don't mind helping me, JC, we can we can listen to that voicemail and respond to that. Let's do it. Hey, James. Hey, David. It's Chris at TB underscore Bucks underscore Ford Life. Uh, Just listening to your uh, quarterback show, uh, I think you both made some great points. Here's a question that I have for you. I don't think you really – you might have said it and I was zoned out, but uh, name me a quarterback in the league that had to face the circumstances Jameis Winston has faced in his career. 
when I say that, I mean how many quarterbacks or good quarterbacks have had no run game, no defense, and a field goal kicker that can't kick field goals. And then I, I just don't think it's all on Jameis Winston for this team losing. I've seen it a lot of times where he put this team in position to win, and the defense just, they fall, you know, like that Buffalo game, within 30 seconds, they give up a touchdown. Um, so that's just my gripes. Um, you know, I mean, the last time Jameis Winston had a running game was his rookie year with Doug Martin, and they had a somewhat, I think, like top 20 defense maybe. I want to say I think it was 20 or 22nd defense under Lovey Smith. It could have been. Uh, it could be wrong on that, but <laughs> granted, yeah, the interceptions, the stupid throws are, you know, they could be his fault. At the same time, Bruce Arians has already told you when you're down by 21 points and it's the second quarter, you're going to be throwing 35 to 40 times a game. You're going to throw interceptions. And that's just my point. Uh, as always, great listening to you guys, and go Bucks. So, JC, so that was Chris, uh, a very consistent caller into the show, and we appreciate him as always. Um, so, I mean, what do you think about some of the questions that he kind of raised there in that voicemail? Yeah, I think some of the things he said about, you know, Jameis and the defense in the past couple of years are definitely fair to say. I mean, the Buccaneers defense has been absolutely awful. There's been some bright spots with Quan Alexander the couple of years. He's been here making some plays. Obviously, he's in San Francisco now. Um, so, I do think it's fair to say, you know, Jameis definitely um, has been kind of screwed with the with the defense that uh, has been on the Bucks, but um, he's also made some bad plays himself. But you know, I'm I'm pro Jameis, and so I agree with a lot of those points that the defense has been disappointing. But at the same time, Jameis Winston Winston has also been disappointing. So mm-hmm. um, I just think you know, like I said in my tweet this year, you know, he has probably the best defensive coordinator in the entire NFL on his team in Todd Bowles. And they got Devin White, like I said, who would be like new leader. Um, they're, you know, bringing some new talent in the secondary. So I, there's no way the defense is going to be t- absolutely God awful this year. They're going to be respectable. So like I said, there's no excuses this year. He's got all the weapons. Um, he, I think he has enough in the backfield. I mean, I wouldn't have mind the trade for like Duke Johnson to get like a, a pass catching back, but I think Peyton Barber and Rojo and um, maybe the rookie are serviceable, serviceable backs that he can work with. And I just think, you know, this year, like I said, playoffs are bust. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think it's a fair assessment. Um, I, for one, I do believe that there is a, a timeline in this experience where Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers don't necessarily make the postseason. However, Jameis Winston still shows enough, but I don't think you can do that without a winning record. So I think um, while I don't, while I'm not sure I would stand on the playoffs or bust pedestal, I think nine and seven, you know, um, eight and eight, and and you're starting to starting to to do things. I think if you're going to be eight and eight, that means you have a quarterback that probably made some of those telltale mistakes that we've talked about before. And JC, I know I, I can speak for James. We're both we are we're both pro James. We want Jameis to pan out. We want Jameis to be the best quarterback this franchise has ever had and, and to be the next quarterback to hold up a Lombardi trophy in Tampa uh, or for Tampa. But wanting it to happen and hoping that it happens really isn't isn't going to make it happen. Um, and as far as the defensive concerns, running game concerns, those are those are all factual. However, when you talk about the the franchise quarterbacks of the NFL, and I don't mean guys who just won Super Bowls, 
I feel like when you talk about franchise quarterbacks who have put their teams on their shoulders, you're talking about guys like John Elway. You're talking about guys like Peyton Manning. These are guys who very rarely, if ever, made the mistakes that put their teams in, in poor situations in the first place. And when you know that you have a weaker defense, you can't get three and outs. As a quarterback, you cannot get three and outs. And some of that goes into the mental standpoint of it. Um, but Chris brought up something interesting, JC, that I kind of wanted to address. And it was about, you know, show me other quarterbacks who have been put in the same situation. So I literally went back through and listed the 24 quarterbacks that have been taken number one overall since the Super Bowl began in the Super Bowl era. And there's a lot of them who have been put in, in difficult situations. Terry Bradshaw was one who was put in a very difficult situation. Jim Plunkett is another one. Steve Barkowski. Uh, you look at guys like Jeff George, Drew Bledsoe, Tim Couch, David Carr. I mean, these are guys who weren't able to get the job done because they were brought into teams to help elevate them to the next level they need to be at versus quarterbacks who were drafted and put into situations where they already had support, some sort of a, of a support element. And I think that's what the Buccaneers are looking for out of Jameis Winston with Bruce Arian, Byron Leftwich this year, and with Todd Bowles on the other side of the ball, is can he be the leader and have the mental acuity to make the smart decisions that put the team in the best position to win, which includes things such as not just making the bad interceptions, but also not going three and out because you made a smart check down on first and 10 or on second and eight versus trying to go for the home run ball necessarily all the time while still trying. And that's the balance while still trying to be an aggressive offense and shoot the lights out uh, week in and week out. So it's, it's a very delicate balance, but as a number one overall pick, you're expected to be able to make that or dance that dance and, and walk that tightrope. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and as you said, like eight and eight, nine and seven, I, I agree. I said playoffs are bust, but I agree. Eight and eight, nine and seven, James having a good year. He'll earn that uh, second contract he wants. I think another like thing to think about was, um, you know, this is the first year James really doesn't have any off field stuff to worry about, which I think should be huge for him. And um, I remember, uh, last preseason, I was so excited for Jameis Winston's season because if you, I don't know if you remember this, David, but he was absolutely just lighting it up in, in the preseason game. Um, I forget which game it was, um, but he was just marching up the field. He looked like a surgeon, like a mm-hmm. like it was just unbelievable the throws he was making, the decisions he would make. It was just quick decisions hitting passes like touch it was just so easy I, it was amazing to see and I was like wow the season's gonna be amazing and and then obviously you got all the off-field stuff to worry about then he was away from the team and you come back Fitzpatrick's lighting it up there's just so much going on for him and I really think this year he's got Arians on his side he's got Leftwich on his side he's got all the weapons he doesn't have anything to worry about off the field the only thing he needs to worry about is securing a second contract and making 30 million dollars plus a year so I mean, it's all up to him now to uh, prove that he's going to be Tampa Bay's uh, franchise signal caller for the for the next you know decade. Yeah, definitely. And I mean that that circles all the way back to your tweet. I mean, there there's no other better situation for Jameis Winston uh, than the one that he's having this year, walking into uh, with this team. So he's got to show, like you said, that he's he's the man who's capable of getting the job done. Again, doesn't necessarily mean a Super Bowl. It doesn't necessarily mean a championship. I think. Everybody needs to kind of keep in keep in, in mind a little bit, keep in perspective a little bit of what we're talking about because uh, Paige was on the show a while back and we had a very similar discussion and and she went on record as well as saying you you can have she I think she even said you could have a seven and nine season in Tampa this year still 
and come out of it saying Jameis Winston is the future of our franchise. That is a possibility. But five, uh, five wins, four wins, six wins. Uh, I don't see how this team doesn't get over the four, five, six win mark unless Jameis Winston is continuing to do some of the things that he's done that make you wonder, was he worth the number one overall pick? Is he a guy that you can invest a lot of money in in the future and build around? Because if you're looking, if he's a quarterback that you need uh, to have the infrastructure set for, you can find those guys in the draft. You can find those guys in free agency. Uh, Kirk Cousins or quarterbacks like that. You don't need to pay a guy top dollar in the National Football League if he's a guy that also needs a really good defense, a really good running game, uh, and, and really good receivers, which he already has. Not saying that, that we think that that's what he is, but again, this is the year he needs to prove it. Um, so JC, we talk about the weapons, right? We talk about the weapons around James Winston and some of the opportunities that he has. Mike Evans, obviously, uh, probably I think hands down the best player on this roster. I think everybody would pretty much agree with that. Uh, recently, Touchdown Wire turned out their top 100 players ahead of the NFL's own top 100 players. And Mike Evans is the only Buccaneer on that list, and he's at number 80. So kind of showing the national thought on the Buccaneers. But he and Chris Godwin are catching a whole lot of hype right now here in the preseason. Uh, James Yarko you know, went on, went on record on one of our previous episodes saying he's predicting Mike, Chris, and O.J. Howard to all have 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Uh, which I think would definitely get us at least that seven win mark. Uh, JC, is this is this hype legit? Is this something that we can all believe in, or are we all just bored and it's really hot in June and July, so we're we're kind of just coming up with craziness? You know, I think the hype's something you believe in. I think Chris Godwin moving into that Larry Fitzgerald slot role could be very interesting. Um, I know Justin Watson will probably get some reps too. I'm kind of excited to to see. Um, Justin Watson and the new rookie Scotty Miller and see, you know, if going to camp with Jameis uh, or the, the private workout at Florida State with Jameis kind of gets them rolling in the in training camp and, and the preseason games. But I, th- I think Chris Goblin, it could be a 90 plus catch guy, definitely a thousand yard guy this year. Um, Mike Evans is going to be Mike Evans. We know what Mike Evans is. He's an absolute monster on the outside. Um, like I said in another tweet, um, uh, Bruce Arians is. He's obsessed with Mike Evans. He's been around some of the best wide receivers all time. Right now, he's starstruck. Like thinks Mike Evans is godlike. That, those were the words that I, I heard on the phone. Um, so that's obviously exciting to hear. And and Mike Evans is very close to Jameis Winston, so you know he wants Jameis Winston to succeed. And it's good to know that they're good friends, so that they can be on the same page. But um, I, I don't, I don't know if all those guys are going to go over a thousand yards like OJ Howard too. That'll be awesome to see. I mean, there's to me, there's no reason why, um, this team, I mean, they should be at least 500 this year with all the talent they have on paper. Arians has taken over a Cardinals team that has had way less talent. And I just think, you know, I really, I, I was not a fan of Dirk Cutter at all. And that the atmosphere, the culture of the locker room, it was all very disappointing under him. And I just think a guy like Arians and all these coaches he's bringing with him I, I just think it's going to be a new day in Tampa Bay and I you know obviously I'm a I get called a homer on Twitter all the time but I, I I do have optimism this year that this could be a great team and building even if you know it's not a playoff team and like we said it's like a nine and seven eighty eight and eight team I think going into next year we can start sniffing you know like the 11 12 win category um but I, I also do know that um, after the rookie mini camp, um, I know when Bruce Arians got to Tampa, he was in his head thinking, all right, eight and eight, nine and seven, we got talent. 
And and then they had this draft and they got these new defensive backs, um, uh, Mike Edwards, you know, Jamel Dean, all these guys, and Devin White obviously being an absolute star, being compared to Ray Lewis. And um, I just know that after the rookie minicamp, he was just blown away by the rookie's potential. And um, I know there's some whispers about starting to think more around 10 and six, maybe sniff 11 wins, but you know, let's not get too excited, but that's, that's what I was hearing. And that's the excitement they had after the rookie mini camp. Oh yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, it's obviously great to hear. Uh, I think if, if anything, you know, uh, I don't know the whole being called a Homer thing. It's, it's funny because I have in the, in the same week during last season, I was early in one week. I was called a Homer. Uh, because of something I wrote involving Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers offense. And I was also at the end of the week called a Jameis Winston hater. Um, all in the comment sections on multiple Bucks Nation uh, articles that, that posted up there. So it's an interesting thing to be called a homer. However, also then talking about the potential of this team, even having a winning record or making the playoffs. The two kind of don't go hand in hand. But I do feel like some of the excitement is warranted. I'm also excited, so I'm glad to hear that uh that, that you believe the hype is warranted as well however uh you know hype has to be proven we, we've seen that with this team specifically time and time again every nfl fan knows that the hype really isn't isn't worth anything once once the pads go on once the whistle blows and, and the and the, the games are live so speaking about some of those those rookies you mentioned we've got training camp the rookies reported today as we we're recording uh yesterday as people are listening to this Jameis winston reported along with them I think you're one of the people who shared the video of Jameis working with a couple of young receivers on on routes and and reads and everything else. So obviously the work has already been getting done and it's still getting done. Preseason's coming up. JC, give us three to five things. What are you looking for out of training camp? What are you looking for out of the preseason, especially this season versus other seasons? You know, I think a big thing for me is as far as the offense goes, I want to see Jameis Winston just, you know, playing well in training camp, making the throws we know he can make and just being on the same page with the wide receivers. Um, I also hope we can see something out of Rojo. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how much work he's been putting in with his trainer, um, gaining some weight, getting over 220 and just trying to be a, you know, more solid player. And I, I hope it's true because, you know, I hope he runs wild this year. Like we thought he would coming out of USC. There's some Chris Johnson comps and besides Jameis and Rojo, I really just want to focus on this defense in the secondary and what we're going to do without Jason Pierre Paul, who's going to fill that role on the edge. Um, Noah Spence, you know, we, we talk about Noah Spence every year. Is it going to happen? Is it not? You know, uh, he, obviously he's in great shape. He seems to always be in great shape, but uh, really want to see uh, how he performs and if he steps up and definitely just want to see these rookies in the secondary. I want to see if Hargraves and Carlton Davis stay as the starters because I, I guarantee they'll be on short leashes with Jamel Dean waiting. Um, and I'm really excited about uh, Sean Bunting, Sean Murphy Bunting. I think he's going to be a stud, and I hope Mike Edwards is a stud too. So I'm just, like I said, Winston, Rojo, and then I just want to see this defense clicking. Yeah, I mean, this this team is just chock full of storylines coming into this this portion of the of the year, which which could be looked at as a good thing. It could also be looked at as sort of a bad thing, but I think – when you look at every single storyline has believable and attainable upside, uh, I think you just can't help but kind of be excited. I know I'm excited to get down there to Tampa uh, later in camp and and get my own eyes, you know, ground level on what's happening there. We've got our own Evan Winter on our, on his way tomorrow uh, down to Tampa to help cover the first week, week and a half of camp. So he's going to be uh, helping us get all that information out to the good folks out there. 
JC, we were asked this question yesterday by Scott Smith, uh, senior editor and writer over at Buccaneers.com, who's on the show. He asked us which position group, which camp story is the the biggest one, is, is kind of the one that's got our attention the most. We gave our answer, uh, and to us, it was the secondary. What's your answer? I, I think I'd have to agree that the secondary is the biggest story for me as well. Um, there's a lot of things, you know, Vernon Hargraves in the contract year, is he going to prove, like, that he's – going to be that stud like we, we thought he was um and that, him moving back outside murphy bunning moving to nickel you know you got carlton davis in year two as a sophomore and then we have just mike edwards coming in we have uh stewart moving to safety my and then there's justin evans injury there's just so much going on with that secondary and that's really been such a weakness for the buccaneers so i think everyone is just hoping and praying that these you know draft picks that the Bucks front office made that some people were questioning because they weren't the names that they wanted to hear necessarily that just that uh, the Bucks, you know, can prove out the fans wrong on some of the picks and that these guys turn out to be studs. Most definitely. So I'm, I'm glad you, you bring up uh, Justin Evans and, and uh, Edwards. So we all know, I mean, coach Arians had said during the earlier part of the offseason they had hoped to get Justin Evans back for the beginning of training camp and that he would be able to recover uh, from some of the injuries that he's had and, so on, but we we found out today, uh, you know, like you mentioned, that he's not going to be able to start camp healthy with everybody else. Uh, obviously, you know, four other players on that list too. But Justin Evans, I think, is the biggest one that stands out the most. What are your thoughts on Justin Evans right now? I mean, if if you had to put a number on it, one to ten, ten being nothing to worry about, one being man, we need to find his replacement right now. Where where are, where are you on the kind of worry scale as far as Justin Evans? Because that's that's a young safety who. It, it kind of reminds me of this year's draft. Like when he was selected in the second round there, a lot of people kind of went, what? Like, why are we drafting this kid? And then they went back and watched him and got excited. I know one, one of the ones who watched him and got excited. And then he started to do well. And I think in the beginning part of his sophomore season, he started to build on, on what he had done as a rookie. But then the injuries kind of came in. I think those affected his play a little bit. And now here we are here in uh, 2019. And I mean, I have to admit my confidence in in his future and his his out, his uh, his – uh, looking out for him is a little shaken. Um, not not because of anything he's done, but just because of his health and his his body. What where are you at on that? Yeah, I think my biggest thing with Justin Evans is worrying about his health more than anything. Um, I actually uh, before that draft, I was a big fan of his. Uh, being a UCLA fan, watching him absolutely dominate Josh Rosen and uh, take them. They went to overtime, and he basically won the game, picking Rosen off. I think for the second time. Um, I, I, he's a ball hawk playmaker at safety, and that's what I loved. And I actually tweeted out, like, watch out for the Bucks to draft Justin Evans uh, in the second round, and they they did. And I was I was kind of proud of myself back then. wasn't I'm more invested now than I was back then, but that was cool back then. And I mean, all like jacked up about it. But yeah, I think biggest thing is injuries, and honestly, the coaching Mike Smith being his defensive coordinator didn't do good for any of those guys on the secondary. I mean, especially like Hargraves, all those guys. So hopefully Todd Bowles can figure this out and get these guys playing well. I Like I said, injuries are the biggest thing for me with Justin Evans. And obviously he's not the best tackler, but I think, you know, he's a guy, he's he's a game changer that can get those interceptions when you need them. And hopefully he proves to be that guy. Yeah, man, I feel like Justin Evans, you know, if, if he reaches the ceiling and Mike Edwards reaches his ceiling, I mean, I think that, that could be a legit group. And I mean, this team has only had one Pro Bowl safety in the history of the franchise in John Lynch. 
uh, it's time to find another one, uh, wh- whether it's Justin or whether it's Mike. Uh, and then finally, JC, before we, before we wrap up this episode, uh, who are some lesser known players? Uh, people call them bubble players. They call them fringe players. Maybe they're undrafted. Who are, who are some of the lesser known guys that you're looking forward to seeing uh, this camp in this preseason? David Kenny uh, is this undrafted guy. Uh, he's an edge guy that I know Bruce Arians was super impressed with, um, showing a lot of potential off the edge. I guess he was the most impressive guy off the edge in uh, camp, but obviously they're waiting for him to get the pads on. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. I think I think he's a one to look out for, and you know, hope for him to turn into uh, one of these undrafted studs, and hopefully we can get you know hit the gold mine on him. Fantastic, JC. As always, uh, a great conversation, man. I don't know the I don't know about you on your end, but for me, the the time always flies whenever we have you on the show. It's hard to believe we're almost we're almost at thirty minutes already. Uh, so reaching sort of the the time limit here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Um, what what's going on over the Draft Network? You guys had some new additions to the network. You wanna you wanna go ahead and drop that information and uh, what else you guys have coming up? Yeah, for sure. Um, we uh, we we did make some new additions. Uh, Jonah Tolls is our a new draft analyst that we have. He's a, a Dallas kid, a big Cowboys guy, but he's so smart, such a good guy, and so happy to have him a part of the team. And then uh, we acquired a, a fantasy podcast along with fantasy writers, um, Paige's fantasy podcast. Uh, so we're super excited about that. Uh, she's partners with jake arians and jamie and they're going to be a huge addition jamie's going to be writing fantasy content on the site so uh we got a lot of a lot of changes coming and a lot of you know new blood and the watch for the website the new development coming it's going to be very exciting year too we're we're super pumped and you know i'm having 10 of them uh in town this coming weekend uh, for a summit we are uh we kind of strategize have some fun get ready for year two and then i'll be uh I'll be at Bucks training camp with Paige on Monday. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So Paige's podcast, formerly the TD Fantasy Podcast, is now the TDN Fantasy Podcast, correct? That's correct. Uh, it was the TD Fantasy Podcast. Now it's going to be the TDN Fantasy Podcast. So uh, it was a very easy rebranding job there. Um, just had to add one letter. So yeah, it was, it was, it's fun. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I know uh, I've been a fan of that podcast since since uh, our early days of interacting and so just great to see them coming over uh there to the draft network with you and everything you guys are doing so folks that's that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of lots on bucks podcast of course thank you all for listening thank you especially to jc for joining us here tonight uh if you're not already following him on twitter wake up i don't know what you're doing but head over to twitter and drop him a follow at the jc cornell again founder and ceo of the draft network huge bucks fan Bucks Insider, good friend of ours. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're continuing on with the week. Training camp is here. Training camp is happening. The players are in the building. Uh, the coaches are in the building. They're going to make it happen. We're all excited to see what's going to go down there in Tampa. Stick with us. We've got more guests coming this week. It's going to be a great week. And thank you all so much for joining me here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Get out the way. Like drought side, I got the bell side.